Do you schedule and host events in the Jewish community? Conferences, webinars, local events? Please consider adding your events to Jcast Network's newest project, the Jewish Communal Events Calendar. Don't schedule events, but know someone who does? Invite them to add their events. If we all work together, we can create another wonderful resource for the Jewish community. Visit our calendar and post your events at jcastnetwork.org slash jcbc. You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikeknopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. There once was a poor Jew named Beryl. And Beryl lived in a little village in the outskirts of the big city in a tiny, dilapidated hovel. And Beryl was a dreamer. He would dream day in and day out of what he would do if he were wealthy. What he would do if he somehow came upon a treasure what he would do with that money, what he would do with that power, what he would do with that prestige, how he would be respected and loved, not derided as a poor man, not denigrated as a dreamer. And sometimes that dream was so real and so palpable to him, he could feel, even in the midst of his dilapidated home, that he was in the midst of an elegant mansion richly apportioned like Trump Tower (laughs) with beautiful tapestries and beautiful curtains, his voice echoing through the hallways, how he would stroll through the city streets, not with his rags, but with a beautiful, freshly pressed suit and how everybody would rise in his presence, how he would walk in shined shoes with a cane pressed firmly down on the ground, clicking and clacking with each step, how he would walk with pride and with an uplifted head if he were wealthy. And one night, of course, that was all just a dream. One night, Beryl had a dream that seemed so much more real, so much more palpable than any other dream. In his dream, he dreamt of a spot by the river, underneath a bridge in the big city. And in that spot by the river, underneath the bridge in the big city, was a treasure buried. And he woke up in the middle of this dream, and it felt so real that he knew it must be prophecy. So he traveled. He got up early in the morning, and he traveled. He put on his clothes. He got his shovel. He slept all the way to the big city, and sure enough, he found that very bridge in his, that was in his dream. And then he went down to the riverside. And sure enough, he found the very spot in his dream where the treasure was buried. And so he set to digging. And he dug, and he dug, and he dug, and he dug all day long and found nothing. But he continued digging until a police officer comes up to him, 
sees this poor, disheveled man digging by the riverside and with a mixture of curiosity and frustration goes up to Beryl, stands by Beryl, and Beryl looks up and sees this big city police officer with his freshly pressed blue suit and his brass buttons. And the police officer looks down at him glaringly and says, what are you doing here? And so Beryl told him about the dream and about the treasure that he believed was buried there, and the police officer just lost it, cracked up laughing. You fool, you traveled all this way and have been digging all day long because of what you saw in a dream? What are you, crazy? What are you, foolish? If I believed everything dreams told me, then I would have left today and gone to the village on the outskirts of the city where there's a poor old Jew there, according to my dream, named Beryl, and he doesn't know it, but there's a treasure buried underneath the floorboards of his kitchen. And so Beryl put down his shovel, said thank you to the officer, and walked back home, where sure enough, under the floorboards of his kitchen, waiting for him all this time, was an extraordinary treasure beyond his wildest dreams that he then used not only to help the officer who showed him the treasure, but all the other people in his town as well, and of course, to provide him with the riches he needed to live, to live well, and to become esteemed in the eyes of all of his fellow townspeople. This story, I think, highlights an extraordinary piece of wisdom about the nature of Shabbat, this day that we enter into today. And this is a special Shabbat because this is a Shabbat in which we also are celebrating the holiday of Passover. And Shabbat and Passover are inex inex intricately bound together in our tradition. Every week when we recite the Kiddush, the blessing over the wine on Shabbat, we say Shabbat is Zecher Yitziat Mitzrayim, a remembrance of leaving Egypt. Now, in what way is Shabbat a remembrance of leaving Egypt? Well, there are a lot of possible explanations of that, but here's one that I like. If you think about everything that Egypt represented and represents in our tradition, Egypt represents the pursuit of wealth at all costs. Egypt represents the triumph of materiality over spirituality, the triumph of things over heart and soul and human dignity. Egypt represents the fact that you are nothing, you are worthless if you were not born to the right family, if you don't possess a certain amount of money, if you don't possess a certain amount of wealth, a certain amount of land. That's what Egypt represents. And Shabbat represents the liberation from those ideals. Shabbat is a moment of armistice in our desire to control and subdue our material world. Shabbat is a time to lay down and rest when we are pursuing constantly over and over again, day in and day out, hour in and hour out, all of those things, all of those trappings that help us live comfortably and help us attain a degree of prestige and power over other people. Shabbat is a time to separate ourselves from everything that tells us 
that we are not inherently children of God and as children of God are all of us created in the divine image and therefore are all of us equal. We don't need to possess any more wealth. We don't need to possess any bigger houses or any more stuff because you are already worthy just as you are. And Shabbat is Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim. Shabbat is a day in the week where we remember that we are freed of Egypt. We no longer need to be slaves to that spiritual, emotional, material, psychological Egypt that so many of us continue to enslave ourselves to day in and day out. That's what Shabbat represents. I saw on the news today that there is a new movement uh, based on a book Uh, we all know about maternity leave, and there's a movement, of course, to expand maternity leave in our country. And so now there's a movement for me-ternity leave. And me-ternity leave isn't supposed to be instead of maternity leave for those who need it, but it's supposed to be an opportunity to have uh, basically a three-month paid vacation from work to center ourselves, to find ourselves, to discover ourselves, to liberate ourselves from the drudgery and mundane nature of our day-to-day existence. And I heard about meternity, meternity leave. And I said, on some level, that's a totally stupid idea because there already is meternity leave. It's called Shabbat. And then I said, on some level, that's a beautiful and brilliant idea because it reflects to everyone what the Jews have known for millennia, that Shabbat is Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim, an opportunity to remember that we are liberated from Egypt and that the treasure already exists within us and around us. If we're willing to look within our homes, within ourselves, within our families, within our communities and find it. Shabbat Shalom.